And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. The first thing I want to ask you is, is there any disciples of Jesus Christ here tonight? Amen? Well, if there's some disciples of Jesus Christ here tonight, turn with me to Matthew's chapter 10, verse 16. Matthew's chapter 10, verse 16. And the word of the Lord says, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Tonight I've entitled this message, Sent Among Wolves. Amen. Hebrews 2 and 1 says, therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. So it's important to see here that this word that is uh, here in our Bibles is in red print. And what it means in red print is that it is Jesus who's doing the speaking. So we ought to pay more earnest attention to his word. The first word says, behold, behold, which means to see or observe. Now, two Sundays ago, our pastor, Pastor Emmanuel, taught from Joshua 1 and 8. It says, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and then shalt thou have good success. See, what Jesus is saying here is that I'm about to tell you something that you need to observe, that you really need to pay close attention to, something that you need to meditate on, something that you need to give some serious thought to. He says, behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Behold, I send you forth. I want you to make note of who's doing the sending is Jesus himself, the almighty one, the alpha and the omega, the author and the finisher of our faith, the bread of life, the son of God, Emmanuel, God with us. He is the Lord of lords and he is the king of kings. And who is he sending? He's sending you his disciples. At the beginning of this chapter, Matthew tells us that Jesus picks 12 men to be his disciples. Let us go to Matthew chapter 10, verses 1 through 4. And it says, And when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Now, the names of the 12 apostles are these. The first, Simon, who is called Peter. Now, Simon Peter was a fisherman. 
known for being outspoken, the leader of the disciples, walked on water. He was the son of the living God. Listen, sorry about that. He walked on water. Remember, he was he was on the boat and he saw Jesus walking across the water and he said, Lord, if it be you, bid me to come out upon the water. And so he stepped out on the water and he began to walk on the water. And as he began to walk on the water, he looked and he saw the winds and the waves and he began, began to get doubtful and began to sink. It was the same Peter that when Jesus turned to him and asked him, who do you say that I am? He said, thou art the son of the living God. And Jesus said, Flesh and blood have not revealed this unto you, but the spirit, the Holy Spirit have revealed it to him. And just right after that, Peter began to rebuke Jesus when he began to tell him how he was going to die in Jerusalem. He is the same Peter who denied Jesus three times. Then we have Andrew, his brother. He was also a fisherman. He was the one that introduced Peter to Jesus. He doubted Jesus when he fed the 5,000. Then we have John, James and uh, John, the sons of Zebedee, nicknamed the sons of thunder. Luke 9, 51 through 56 tells us that they wanted to call down fire from heaven on a Samaritan village because they would not receive Jesus and he had to rebuke them. They also are the ones that ask Jesus, let me sit on your right and let my brother sit on your left. And then there was Philip. Philip was the one who said to Jesus, show us the father. And Jesus had to tell him, how long have I been with you? When you see me, you've seen the father. And then there was Bartholomew, also known as the Nathaniel. Uh, and we know that Nathaniel was a little prejudiced against Nazarenes, right? Because when Philip tells him that he has found Jesus of Nazareth, the one that Moses and the prophets wrote about, Nathaniel says, can any good thing come from Nazareth? And then there was Thomas. We know him as Doubting Thomas. Because when he missed the appearance of Jesus on the first day of the week, of after his resurrection, he said he would not believe unless he put his finger in the print of the nail or he thrust his hand into Jesus' side. Let's take a look at that. John 20, 24 through 29. John 20, 24 through 29. Jesus, you know, Thomas had walked with Jesus all that time and he's seen all those things and he knew that the men around him wouldn't why would they tell him a lie but I want you to see what happened because I'm, I'm pretty sure he felt shame when Jesus spoke to him it says but Thomas one of the twelve called Didymus was not with them when Jesus came the other disciples therefore said unto him, we have seen the Lord, but said unto them, except I shall see in his hand the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, 
Again, his disciples were within and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, peace be unto you. Now, here it is. The doors closed and Jesus walks right in the room. And let's go one more. Then saith he to Thomas, reach hither thy finger, behold my hands and reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side and be not faithless, but believing. I want you to think about that. You ever got in trouble and it was other people around and your parent just walked in. They ain't speak to nobody else. Ain't call on no names, but spoke directly to you. Now, what you think Thomas felt like? You know, when I was little, I wasn't going to tell the story, but I was just thinking about it. When I was little, I was, I was just as any other kid, not so good. And I was in, I had got my hands on a lighter and I went in the bathroom and I was striking that lighter and singeing the hairs off a towel. And that towel caught fire. And when it caught fire, I got scared. I couldn't put it out. So I left the bathroom and went and sat on the couch as if I didn't do nothing. As if I, no one would figure out that I didn't do nothing. Everybody ran and they was putting the fire out. And then they came in the room and they looked directly at me. Do you know I got a whooping of my life? And I'm sitting there, who, me? But that's how Thomas must have felt. Matthew, the Bible tells us that Matthew was a publican. He was a tax collector. They were known for being dishonest and greedy. James, the son of Alphaeus, he was quiet and, and humble. Labius, whose surname was Thaddeus, he was a zealot, and history tells us that he was part of a Jewish sect called zealots who were politicians who wanted to be wanted the people of Judea to rebel against the Roman government. Simon the Canaanite, called the Canaanite just to distinguish him from Simon Peter, was also a zealot. And then there was Judas Iscariot. Who betrayed Jesus? The Bible tells us that he was the treasurer for the group and he was a thief. See, I want you to take note that these 12 men were not all of the same background. They weren't Bible scholars. They had not attended anybody's seminary. There was nothing special about them. They were ordinary folk just like you and me were chosen to spread the gospel, the good news, and advance the kingdom of God. But these men had faults and shortcomings. These men chosen by Jesus. Now, I like the way Elder Brenda puts it. She says, handpicked. Most of us, the closest we've ever come to handpicking anything is in the grocery store out of one of the bins, right? But see, when I was a young boy, my grandmother would take me with her to pick things like squash and peas and peaches and pears and figs in the field. And what I learned 
is that the quality of what was being picked was according to the person doing the picking. Now, first Peter two and nine tells us, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that ye should show forth the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You see, we are not chosen according to our looks not according to our stature, not according to our personality, not according to our social status, not according to our wealth or how we were when we were called, but according to our hearts and who God purposed us to be. See, when God chose you, Kenya, he said, what I chose is good. Sister Gloria, when he chose you, he said, it's good. Sister Lynette, when he chose you, he said, it's good enough. Sister Andrea, when he chose you, he said, it's good. He knew what he was choosing you for. He knew what purpose he had. He knew what was in your heart. He knew what he was going to do with you. See, Romans 10 and 9. Let's go to Romans 10 and 9, 9 through 15. I want to show you something. It says... That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, you see, when we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, we confess that Jesus has dominion and power, that he is the supreme power and authority over everything. So we confess Jesus as Lord, and when we confess Jesus as Lord, we declare him to be God. We declare him to be all powerful, worthy of our praise, worthy of our worship, worthy of our trust and obedience and able to answer our prayers. This is not just a profession, but an attitude of our hearts. Making Jesus and his word Lord over our lives. Lord in our relationships, Lord in our finances, Lord in the ch our church, Lord on our jobs, Lord everywhere we go. And the scripture goes on to tells us in shall believe in thine heart that God have raised him from the dead. Now shalt be saved for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. See when we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouth, that's what qualifies us to be used by God. That's what qualifies us to be sent by God. Amen? The Bible tells us how then shall they call on him in whom they have not heard, have not believed, and how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard, and how shall they here without a preacher and how shall they preach except they be sent as it is written how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things let's take a look at Matthew's chapter 9 see just before Jesus began speaking in chapter 10 I want to show you what happened in chapter 9 Matthew's chapter 9 verse 35 
And it says, and Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching. And the gospel of the kingdom in healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. This word fainted, uh, that word fainted means to be harassed. He saw the people being harassed. Let's go to the next. Then saith unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he send forth laborers into his harvest. And when he had called unto his twelve disciples, he gave them power. Now I want to show you just one more thing because, see, Jesus came to do the will of God. And his will has never changed for us. Never changed. Go to Numbers chapter 27, verse 12. And it says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Get thee up into the mountain Abraham, Abram, and see the land which I have given unto the children of Israel. Go ahead. And when thou hast seen it, thou also shalt be Gather unto the people as Aaron, the brother, as was gathered. For ye rebelled against my commandment in the desert of Zin, in the strife of the congregation, to sanctify me at the water before their eyes. That is the water of Meribah in Kadesh in the wilderness of Zin. Go ahead. And Moses spake unto the Lord, saying, let the Lord God of the spirits of all flesh set a man over the congregation, which may go out before them and which may go in before them and which may lead them out and which may bring them in the congregation of the Lord. Be not as of the congregation of the Lord. Be not as sheep which have no shepherd. And the Lord said unto Moses, take thee, Joshua, the son of Nun, a man whom is the spirit and lay thy hand upon him. You see, even back then, he didn't want the sheep to be scattered. He wanted them to have a shepherd. So God says in Jeremiah 29, 11, he says, for I know the thoughts that I have towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. See, from the time God dealt with his children, he's always had in his mind to give us an expected end, to, to bring us to somewhere. So let us go back to our scripture that says in Matthew 10, 16, says, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Could you put up exhibit C? When he says, behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves in Matthew 10 and 1, it says, and when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. I, I love it 
every time I hear our minister Dean say, Exousia, power. Up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. You see, we learned in Sunday school last Sunday that when you start doing the work of the Lord, persecutions are going to come from every direction. Jesus said, because the world hated him, it's going to hate us. So Jesus likens the persecution of the world to the attacks of wolves and names four areas you will be attacked from. He says you'll be attacked by religion. Matthews 10 and 17. It says, but beware of men, for they will deliver you up to the councils and they will scourge you in their synagogues. And see, Jesus experienced this firsthand. And let me let me tell you, I, I, I've experienced that, too. See, there's always somebody <laughs> in church that think you came to take their place. But let me tell you something. There's more than enough Sundays to teach Sunday school, more than enough Wednesday night prayer service for somebody to be a prayer warrior. More than enough. All you got to do is have a willing heart. All you got to do is have a faithful heart. All you got to do is show up. That's the problem. Nobody wants to show up. Everybody want to do something, but nobody want to show up. And here it was, Jesus came on the scene. All he did was start teaching. And they were bothered by that. He taught with authority. And they were bothered by that. He healed people. And they were bothered by that. He went about the country doing good and they were bothered by that. Now, how could the church be bothered by that? Then he said, we'll be attacked by governments. Matthews 10, 18. And he says, and ye shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. Now, whether you believe it or not, we're experiencing that right now. See, there's some places where churches can't be open. Some places where they're putting uh, ministers in prison because they going against the government. And then just like in Daniel Day, when they told him he couldn't pray, just like they sent spies out there, the government right now sending spies in the churches to see if they are hearing to the law. Then he said, you'll be attacked by your family. Matthews 10 and 21 says, and brother shall deliver up brother to death and the father, the child and the children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. That's a hard one. Just because you named the name of the Lord. Just because you serve God, just because you try to tell people right and lead them down the right path, some family members going to turn their back on you. Some family members going to hate you. Just because you serve the living God and you want to do right, some family members are going to despise you. And then he says you'll be attacked by the society as a whole. 
in Matthews 10, 22. It says, you be, shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. Amen. He that endureth to the end shall be saved. We won't be able to avoid these attacks, but if we rely on wisdom and the spirit of God, we will be able to endure to the end. So that means we cannot do things in our own strength or in our own way. First, we are not the represent. We are not representing ourselves, but we are sent to represent Christ. So it is not our will, but thine will. Jesus said he did not come to do his own will, but to do the will of the father. When we do things in our own strength and in our own way, things get messed up and people get hurt. But Jesus said we are to be harmless as doves. That means we need wisdom and wisdom comes from the Lord. James 1 and 5. Let's look at James 1 and 5. It says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. That word upbraideth just means graciously, graciously, and it shall be given. Now, I'm not talking about man's wisdom because sometimes we think we are wise. Isaiah 521 says, woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. And you can't just have good intentions. You remember. How many remember when David went to get the uh, the Ark of the Lord? He had good intentions. He went to get the ark of the Lord and he said, you know what? I'll get a new cart and I'll put the ark on this new cart. And when they began to move the cart, it got to a place in the threshing floor and it began to rock. And I, I believe his name is Uzzah. He put his hand out to, to steady the ark and he died. And David began to think, what just happened? And he was he was a little he was a little upset, but he couldn't be upset with anybody but himself. You want to know why he can be upset with anybody but himself? Because the word of the Lord said that the ark had to be carried on the shoulders of Levites. But he had not went and sought the Lord to see how he was supposed to bring the ark down. But the Bible tells us that when he went and sought the Lord, when he went and inquired of what needed to be done, when he went and sought wisdom, God's wisdom, he saw that the ark needed to be brought down on the shoulders of the Levites. And he began appointing the Levites. He began to get things in order and doing the way God said. And when began to bring down the ark, he began to break it down. And he... You know, he got so happy, so happy. You know, the the word says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. That word blessed means happy. See, when you do things the right way, that's when you will be the happiest. That's when everything will go right. That's when you'll be living in joy. You see, what happened when he began to bring the ark down? That's when he began to write the psalm that says, Lift up you heads, O ye gates, you everlasting doors. Be ye lifted up 
for the king of glory shall come in. See, he was so happy he began to talk to things and declare that everything had to be praising and worshiping God because the king of glory was coming in. And that's where we all want to be at. Now, James 3.17 says, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy, good fruits, and without partiality and without hypocrisy. See, when we get that wisdom and we go forth and go out, then we'll be without hypocrisy. We'll be pure and gentle. You see, Jesus wants his disciples to be like sheep, totally dependent upon him. The reason why we need to be totally dependent upon him is because the prince of the power of the air is starting to make his push right here in the United States. He's starting to use the government to persecute Christians. You just look around. You just watch and see. If you if you pay attention, there's more church shootings and more fires and, and uh, more people being put in jail because they believe that they're doing things out of their belief in Christ. So it's turning up. But if you know that Jesus is the good shepherd who laid down his life for the sheep, then you'll, you'll be able to say, just like the psalm says, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me beside still waters. Why? Why do you, why would you say that? Because you know that we are the sheep of his pasture. And all of the world is his pasture. See, when things get hard, when you begin to feel like Job and they begin to take away things from you, when uh, children and, 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 and brothers and sisters begin to turn their back on you, when uh, they begin to touch your, your body, when you begin to get sick and when things start happening, then you be like Job. And you say, well, naked I came into this world. And naked I'll leave. You'll be like, you'll be like Paul when they start doing all kinds of things to him. I remember there was a place in the world where Paul was brought before the government. He was brought before, I think it was King Agrippa. And he was sitting before King Agrippa and King Agrippa began to talk to him and Paul said, well, let me tell you my story. And he began to testify to him. And when he got finished testifying, King Agrippa said, hey, you almost had me. But Paul said, not just you, but everybody sitting here. You see, Paul, he said, for God, I live and for God, I'll die. See, that's the way we have to be. See, you just mark my words. Things are turning up. So Jesus says to us, as things are turning up, he says, behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless 
as doves. Amen? Amen. Now maybe you don't know the Lord as your shepherd, but you want him to be. If you're watching, if you're sitting here now, say this prayer with me. Thank you, Father, for sending Jesus to save me and deliver me from my sins. And I accept you, Jesus, as my Lord, my Savior, and my shepherd. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 And if you said that prayer, then you have moved from darkness into his marvelous light. Send us a note at iogmtally at gmail.com. Please take time to meditate on the word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11. And the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850-408-8496.